Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Wednesday, February 19th. S&P futures are trading up about seven points. That is about 20 basis points. Europe is up about 45 to 60 basis points. And most of the major Asian indices finished higher with the exception of uh, mainland China, which was down small. Um, so no real macro news to talk about today. You have, you know, usually on these mornings when stocks are higher and there's no clear reason, you kind of have a lot of the newswires reverting to some of the default catalysts. So, you know, quote unquote, stimulus anticipation, quote unquote, hope of an abatement in coronavirus headwinds, et cetera. Um, you know, you do have a few examples on both fronts. So, you you know, you continue to hear and, and read about progress in China as far as K count, the case count numbers, um, you know, moving in the right direction as far as uh, drifting lower. Um, you continue to hear reports about various companies in various regions and cities in China resuming production and lifting some of the restrictions on, um, you know, the movement of people and goods. So you're starting to see some of the economic activity normalizing in China. Um, and on the stimulus front, you know, you definitely are getting more anticipation that um, officials globally will take um, various fiscal and monetary actions to help bolster growth. And you're going to have another example from China in the next 24 hours where they're widely expected to cut um, their loan primate, which has become kind of their main interest rate um, tonight, you know, Wednesday night into Thursday morning. That's The cut will be relatively mild, only about 10 basis points. Um, but you still have, um, you know, you still have China pulling various different levers to help uh, stabilize and bolster growth. And then, you know, the odds of a Fed cut are also kind of creeping higher too. So, um, you know, they, the, the odds of a cut by the July meeting hit about 60% yesterday. Um, you know, I think that's probably... A little bit ahead of itself. I don't necessarily think the Fed is really eager to, um, you know, reduce rates at this time. And you've heard from a variety of officials lately that talked about how policy is appropriate, um, you know. But certainly, I think the Fed um, would not hesitate to act if you saw a real decline in economic momentum. Um, and just circling back to yesterday in the market, you know, I think, you know, bulls look at this tape right now and have kind of three underlying assumptions. The first one being that Trump is going to win a second term. Um, the second one being that a lot of the coronavirus economic fallout will be confined um, to Q1. And then the third being that the market is headed for 20 times. And so, um, you know, none of the news in the last 48 hours, and there's been a lot of news, a lot of it ostensibly negative, none of it really um, undermined or, or contradicted any of those kind of three um, uh, underlying assumptions in the market. And I think that's why stocks were very resilient yesterday. I think that's why they're rebounding this morning until you see investors lose faith in any of those, um, you know, three tenants, I think the tape will continue to hold up. Um, and I'm not endorsing really any of those views. Um, you know, if anything, like I've been saying before, I think political expectations are probably the single biggest area of macro risk right now to the markets, um, just as far as the assumption that Bernie's easily going to secure the nomination and he'll, and he'll lose badly to Trump in November. I think that's very probable, but I also think that you know, there's it's going to be a long process between now and November, um, and it's not going to look nearly as inevitable as it does right now for a second Trump term. And on the the multiple front, um, you know, I appreciate markets are very much eager to get to 20 times. Um, I will note though that we could find ourselves at 20 times without the S and B going up another point, just given the trajectory of earnings expectations right now. So, the coronavirus fallout is definitely going to be severe. Um, it does look like the bulk of it will occur in Q1, but you are going to see you're going to see more earnings pre-announcements like you saw from Apple yesterday morning, and you saw another one overnight from uh, Aptiv APTV, which is an auto parts company. Um, you know, just talking about how their initial assessment for coronavirus um, was too mild, and so they they came out and, and reduced guidance. 
Um, you know, I think companies now are going to have kind of a free pass to come out and reduce their expectations, whether or not you do it now or you wait until later in March when you get a better sense of the ultimate impact. Um, you know, I think Q1 is kind of completely out the window, um, but you are going to see analysts, I think, you know, continue to kind of trim expectations. So between that, between the dollar, which hit fresh highs, 52-week highs yesterday, um, that's going to become a greater earnings headwind. And then oil, oil has bounced for the last few days. But if it were to return to the downtrend that it's been in, um, you know, for the earlier weeks of 2020, that also would be an earnings headwind. So you could find yourself at, um, you know, close to $170 of earnings expectations at this pace, which means that the S&P at around 2400 which is essentially where we are right now, would be 20 times. So, um, you know, the, mar- the multiple has crept higher without the market necessarily rallying. And that's a function of reduced earnings expectations. So... Um, as much as I don't think 20 times is justified based on on fundamentals, um, you know, we already we could be at that level right now, just given where earnings are moving. So nothing um, like I said, there's really kind of no major macro news to note today. There are a lot of interesting headlines, um, none of which I think really are kind of um, are going to move the market one way or the other. I have um, a broader kind of discussion that bull versus bear narrative that I just went through in today's Vital Dawn piece. Um, as well as a lot of other items to note on the political front, you have more poll numbers out. Um, again, the polls continue to to continue to move in Bernie's favor. Um, you have the debate tonight, which will be the first time Bloomberg will be on stage with everyone else. So that'll be it'll be interesting to watch. Um, you know, Bloomberg is is really kind of now thought to be this the the second place person. He's second in a lot of new national polls, um, but the path for him to secure enough delegates is still relatively thin, um, especially when you look out uh, at the coming contest. So Bloomberg's not even going to be on the ballot until Super Tuesday, and he's not polling well in some of the critical states on that day, um, in particular California, where a new poll out today had Bernie up a lot in California. So it's hard to see Bloomberg capturing um, enough delegates unless you see a lot of these other moderates drop out before Super Tuesday. So you know Biden could easily drop out of the race if he does poorly in South Carolina. Um, you know. Klobuchar and, and Buttigieg, if they were to all leave the race by Super Tuesday, that definitely would help Bloomberg a lot. But if they're all still on the ballot on that day, it just makes it that much harder for any of them to get enough delegates to kind of block Bernie. And that's, you know, that's kind of the path that Trump took in 2016, where the never Trump vote was dispersed among a variety of different candidates. And that allowed Trump to kind of win a lot of these different primaries and caucuses. Um, and Bernie is kind of on that path right now. Um, and it was just an interesting note that um, no candidate in either party has ever become the nominee without coming in first or second in uh, New Hampshire. Um, and that's, you know, for the modern era of primaries and caucuses. So that's definitely an interesting statistic to keep in mind um, as we go through this process. Um, on the calendar for today, I think ADI earnings this morning will be very important, just given a lot of the focus on semiconductors, given the focus on you know the state of production and activity in China and the supply chain, et cetera. So this is going to be a July end report for ADI. Um, so I think that's probably the main earnings highlight for the entire day. There's not many other two, there's not many other major critical reports. Um, although Dish will also be, I think, in focus, just given some of the um, obvious, given some of the um, you know. The, the focus around the Sprint Timus deal and the, and the potential for 
um, you know, the, the deal terms to be renegotiated. So Dish is also out this morning. You have the Fed minutes this afternoon at 2 o'clock. You have a lot of Fed speakers on the tape today as well. Um, and then, like I said before, the Democratic debate tonight. So that is everything for today. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening.